Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. And we're back. What's up, Paul? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Doing real good. I'm uh, getting ready to start packing up the house. Oh. So <laughs> looking are forward you, to that. Uh, are you able to get rid of anything? Like just oh, excess yeah. crap? Well, so this is funny, right? Um, so my wife tells me everything that I shouldn't take over to the new house. So I'm getting rid of a lot of furniture, yet we're buying a lot of furniture. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. So yeah, I sent pictures out to all the neighbors. Like, hey, here's what I got. Tell me who wants it. Because otherwise there it's going go. on Facebook Marketplace. And then I got to deal with a bunch of strangers coming over to my house and trying to buy stuff. Nothing but the best clientele on Facebook Marketplace, I'm sure. Yeah, because they always show up too. They're like, oh, I want that. I'll be there. Then they never it's show awful. up. They'll, they'll show up if it's free. I don't reserve anything for anybody. I say, I mean, you can Venmo me and I'll save it for you for a little while. But, that's uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, first come, first serve. Yeah, I, I found Facebook Marketplace super annoying. Super yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I sold my truck on there a couple years ago. Yeah, I don't like that. I think you're okay. I think even like better items like washer and dryer might be okay. Yeah, I sold washer and dryer. And that's nice because yeah. then you get people to come pick it up. I just say, I'm not, you got to pick yeah. it up yourself. There's no delivery. Yeah. <laughs> not, I mean, I'll deliver for a price. And they're also like not it. paying sales tax. So there's their delivery True. fee. Yeah. So. There you go. But yeah, what's going on with you? Well, I was playing Mr. Mom today, I get. Well, it's, isn't that No, demeaning? you're not. You just talked to Tammy and she said, what's for dinner? You said, I, I haven't done a thing. That's right. That's so, right. Well, she was getting her hair <laughs> did, as they say yeah. now, uh, in yep. improper English, getting your hair done or getting your hair did or something. And uh, so, yeah, I had to go from work to home, kids' school, pick them up, drop her off at gymnastics, take Anthony, get him a bite to eat, late to baseball practice and then to here yeah so that's been my i've just been in the car yeah so this is one of those rare mondays when i have nothing going on in the evening which is a rare weekday actually yeah no it's nice i've got some housekeeping for the uh for insurance to do tonight so that's going to be uh what i'll do yep. later there you go so. gotta do that work sometime some admin yeah yeah need to retire man it's coming. We actually we called over to the people who have our paperwork today, and they're like, "Yeah, oh, it's been sitting here a while." We're like, "Yeah, about um, about five weeks." He's like, "Yeah, it normally takes about two weeks to leave our office." So I was like, "Well, well, you still have a yeah. year, though, right?" Oh, I got plenty of time. I'm not worried yeah. about it. It's just I'm just annoyed by the the mountains of bureaucracy that I have to pass through just to do something quite simple. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to reduce the payroll of the United States military by one lieutenant colonel. Well, reduce it by half at least. To yeah. start collecting that pay that pension. Oh, that's a different pot of money though. Yeah, true. Yep. All right, man, let's get on with it. So we're thinking today we're gonna talk about, and we may have visited this before on the episodes, but 
um, hey, I've I've been paying a big premium into a series of policies, perhaps. Uh, I've capitalized them for a few years. I've got a lot of capital stashed away. Now what? Now what? So that's a question we hear um, from from people who have maybe been doing this for a while. Actually, it's not so much a question our clients probably ask too much because they kind of already have an idea of what, um, because of the conversations we have with them while they're setting their plan up. Or frankly, they're already doing something extremely productive, right? whether it's through real estate or investing in the stock market or something. So, um, but sure. Yeah. And this is just an, uh, a, a more productive to do thing, a more productive way to do what they're already doing. That's right. I would say it's an right. enhancement for sure. Yeah. Enhancement. So, yeah. So now what, um, what would you say if somebody said, I came to you, I said, Paul, I got all this capital stacked away. Um, I, I want to do something with it. What are my options? Yeah. Well, I think it depends where they're at. Uh, a lot of people, and I see this, out in out in the wide wide world of everyone wants to you know stick money into policy and then take it right back out and go do something which on the surface okay is it something you're already familiar with great then go go do those things like but if you're what ryan griggs would call like this eager investor syndrome i think i've heard him talk about that a few times and i think he's he's right you shouldn't feel rushed and i've said this before and i'm gonna it bears repeating though that you shouldn't be feel rushed to go do something so I want to say that up front, like, don't, don't think you have to go out and do something. Building capital inside a dividend paying whole life insurance policy in and of itself is doing something very, that is very beneficial, has a future, future value, is private, right? All these things. Um, so don't rush to failure, you know, right out of the gate. However, for those of you that are Maybe you're already doing something like we just said. Maybe you're. Uh, maybe the thing is you're a you're a dividend. And I've talked to a few people that are, are these people, including the person that asked this question. If you're a dividend stock market stock pick guy, and you like to put money there, great. Still continue to do those things, right? Robert Kiyosaki says, you know, kind of invest in what you know. And I think a lot of people have said that. Like it's good, you know, mind your business. It's good to to continue doing what you are already doing. Now you're just changing the sequence of that capital that was doing that. Maybe maybe it's hitting a policy first and then it's going to go do something else. So I would say for the people that are that have no idea what to do though, and I think that's kind of what we're getting at here is, mm-hmm. I bet you know somebody who is doing something or you know somebody who knows somebody, right? There's maybe one degree of separation, maybe two at the most surround yourself with those people have those conversations like hey what do you do with your savings do you do you do you invest do you do some private lending do you invest in real estate what do you what are you doing yeah i'm interested in doing something like that something different and start those conversations this day right because that's i think that's where it starts people have to know that you're interested in doing something yes. other than i'm maxing up my 401k whoop-de-doo so is everybody else Except yeah. me and Dave. Yeah. And our most of our clients. And most of our clients. Well, so but anyway. No, that was you a said, lot, but you said two really two big things that that stuck out to me there. One is um is have those conversations. Like people, you need to be talking money with your friends. 
And if your friends don't like to talk money or they don't want to talk money, find another circle of people that want to talk money. Get some new friends. <laughs> Get some new friends with some ambition. No, I'm kidding. But um, you want, do you think, you know, business owners or, you know, wealthy people who built their own wealth don't sit around and talk about money? Of course they do. And they've got some very valuable things to say. And they probably love talking about it, not because they're greedy and they're swimming in a pool of, of gold coins like Scrooge McDuck, but because they're very interested in learning better ways to use their, their capital and put it to work and how to maximize yes. it and find the most productive means for it. So you need to be having those conversations with people. That's, I mean, it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite topics to talk to somebody who's doing something with their money and we just bounce ideas off each other, maybe try to shoot holes in each other's plan and, and come to a conclusion at the end of that conversation. So you need to be talking about it. You're right. Um, yes. So, yeah. The second thing you said, well, you said it first before that part, but uh, Robert Kiyosaki says, invest in what you know. Uh, this does not, IBC, having all this capital stacked up doesn't give you the license to go invest in something you have no idea, you know, you, you have nothing, no clue about, right? It, having capital doesn't make you a good investor. It, it gives doesn't you the really change anything. It doesn't change anything. So you need it to just invest changes in what, the, yeah. where the money is originating from, really, yeah. before it goes and does that thing that you're already doing. Or maybe you're not doing anything, and that's yeah. okay, too. You're, now you're doing nothing in a better place. There you go. You're just saving in a better place. It's a better right. savings account. There's nothing but, wrong with that. But you'll, you'll reduce risk dramatically by knowing what you're doing. So like investing in the stock flip. market. Yeah. And yeah, my first flip, that was a very risky investment. Uh, and it proved to be because I lost money because I didn't really know right. what I was doing. I was learning right. as I went. You know, my fifth, seventh, eighth flip was not that risky. Because right. I knew what I was doing. So yes. um, even though it's doing the exact same type of investing, just the knowledge base makes a big difference. So, um, you know, get educated about something that, that interests you. Don't do it just because, oh, people are flipping houses. That sounds cool. I see all these HGTV shows. I didn't really enjoy it, frankly. <laughs> so not something I ever want to get back into. No, very, very active business. I know Stephen would always talk about that it's just very active it can be very profitable of course but it's highly taxed and it's highly active and frankly the risk isn't worth the reward yeah. most of the time you're putting up a lot of risk for not so yeah. much reward yeah yep so that's why i like to wholesale just unload right no risk just whatsoever <laughs> yeah that's right um but so let's talk about the something that you and i do and have been doing for a number of years is private lending sure so we had a, a client of yours write in and talk or ask some questions about private lending. Hey, I want to know a little bit more about this and ask some very detailed, specific questions, which we probably we won't get into necessarily all of those on the in this conversation. Um, but you know, his first question was, "Have you found? <clears throat> excuse me, how have you found private lending deals in the past? Uh, what was the first private lending deal you did?" Uh, to you and, and Steve, Steven. Yeah. So you found it because I think I was putting stuff on Facebook and you reached out. You and, Yeah, you were on Facebook. You had been a guest on some podcast. I think okay. both of you guys, I, I can't remember what it was, the 
something fl- house flipping podcast and you had shared it to facebook uh and i i had seen it and i was like oh what what's dave up to because we haven't talked you know in a, since we left afghanistan i think at, the, at that point yeah maybe um, so yeah and uh so really four years had elapsed and time flies and i was like oh so i clicked on it and i was like oh that's cool yeah consequently at the same time i was kind of getting some real estate education real estate investing education and learned about learned about private lending i was like oh this is great and helocs and didn't learn about dividend paying all life insurance till later but but i learned about all these things so i was oh the self-directed roth ira i was in the process of doing that or i'd already or i had just done it and then you know we connected and the rest is history i have done i don't know a dozen 15 private loans based on you know, connections that either you had or somebody you knew had, and it just, and you knew I had capital. Right. And that's, that's, it's, it's literally, I tell people that all the time, like, really? It's been literally that simple. It can be one relationship that leads mm-hmm. to that, leads to dividend paying whole life and the, in, in the process of becoming your own banker that leads to a podcast that leads to other things we're about to go do and whatever. Yeah. So you're right. I had, I had, uh, people from my network call me saying that they knew somebody who needed money. And I said, well, I don't have any, any right now or that much available, but I know somebody who does. So it's like four degrees of separation, but you connect them and then you start doing business together. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would say, I would say that's, I learned this too during that real estate education thing was um, tell people what you're doing. Yeah. Tell people what you're doing. You know, hey, I'm, I'm buying a, a multifamily um, or I'm flipping homes or I'm, I'm, uh, I learned about this thing called infinite, the infinite banking concept. Uh, read this book and tell me what you think. Um, so I, that has been the biggest thing for me is just sharing what you're doing regardless of what it is. I know nothing about stock paying dividends i would have no idea what dividend to pick i would have to reach out to two people that i really know um say hey i want to get into this and I, of course i don't want to no offense everybody but uh <laughs> i don't like the stock market at all but if that works for you great and, yeah. and it does for for him obviously right so that, good yeah tell people what you're doing and if you have capital stacked up and you have people in your network who are utilizing private loans to do whatever they're doing, building businesses or, or syndicating real estate, whatever, let them know you have capital. They're going to want to talk to you. Yeah. And yep. then you don't have to do it, um, but at least you get your feet wet and you start seeing some deals and asking questions and being around people who are asking questions and um, who have experience in all of this. So, Yeah. That's, yes, and I would say that's a key point. You you have to be willing, and it's not offensive to the people borrowing. They're expecting this. You have to be willing to ask the difficult questions. Yeah. Mainly, how am I protected as the lender? Right. And as a lender, so another question uh, he asked in this email is, how have you structured these deals and... um do you typically try to negotiate specific terms to minimize your risk? Uh, and we would say, you're the banker. 
you get to do whatever you want. Like, yep, it's uh, it's the golden rule, right, Dave? And Nelson talks about this in the book. Of course, he kind of jokingly says it, but you know, he who has the gold makes the rules, and it's literally that simple. The private loans that I've done or that we do, I didn't have to do, obviously. I chose to do them. I was in a position of strength. Um, but I also think, and that's not to say that I, I, it needs to, and we've said this before, it needs to be a win-win situation too. Right. Um, and we, we are able to, you know, meet, usually meet halfway and, but first, again, I can't reiterate enough. If you want to do these types of things, you exactly like Dave said, you have to think like a bank, you have to protect yourself. How do you get paid if something goes wrong? How do you get paid if the borrower dies? Does his family know that he has a debt to you? I mean, all these things are legitimate questions. Do you have a copy of their driver's license? Do you know their social security number? Because the bank has all that information when you borrow money from it, doesn't it? Yeah. Have you seen their their recent tax returns? Their tax returns. Do you know how much money they make? And if they have a W-2 job and they want to flip a house on the side, you want to loan them money. Do you know how much W-2 income they have and how much debt they have to know if they'd be able to pay you back even if that home went bust, even if they lost money on that flip. That's right. right. Yeah. So you think like a bank. Some Just, paid for, six, do they have a nice paid for 1966 Corvette? Yeah. You know, yeah, it could be. It could serve as collateral maybe. Right. You know, and if they don't want to put anything up as collateral, then, you know, if they're not willing enough to bet on themselves, then I, I why would I want to bet on them? That, that's right. It, um, but yeah, I would say that the first and foremost is protection. Uh, I'm not really chasing a return necessarily. It's first and foremost, return of my capital is the most important thing to me. Yeah. I want to make money, of course, on that capital, but, um, getting it back is certainly <laughs> the number one priority. Yeah, absolutely. Cause we've both been in or even are in situations so, <clears throat> to, to neaten it up a little bit just for like due diligence type stuff i've done credit reports i've gotten tax returns copies of their social security uh so i could pull their you know background checks i do i have i and i tailor it to who i'm dealing with generally but i'm not lending money to people that i don't think are worthy of borrowing it either and banks generally don't either unless the government forces to do you know subprime lending through you know groups right. like acorn and, and other things but um so I, i'm i'm it's really you're lending to the individual person and if someone else can vouch for them that's where that one degree of separation or two degrees of separation comes in like yeah he's solid known him for 20 years great guy goes to church you know whatever great family man this is and then and you can tell right yeah you can tell. yeah which which is huge because I mean, if you're giving your money away to some to a money manager, um, and just say, "Hey, go go make money for me," like they may be a great person and they could be, but where they put your money, you don't know who's running those companies. Nope, and more than eighty percent of the time, they don't beat the S and P. <laughs> right. So yeah, um, but there's there's also. So, so as far as the terms go, yeah, you get to, you can create yeah, the terms as a lender. Um, now there are some borrowers are in who are in such good position who's been who've been doing this for so long and have so much experience that they pretty much dictate the terms, um, and they say, hey, here's what we're offering, take it or leave it. 
because they have enough people knocking down their door to to hand them money because they have proven themselves over and over and over. Yeah, like Warren Buffett. Right. Or even some syndicators who've been doing this for a long time. And yeah. they say, this is the return you're going to get, preferred return here. And then you get you know paid out at the end of this. But you know we're not going to pay you 10, 12% on your money because we don't need to. We have other people who are fine with six to 8%. I mean, when, when I was flipping houses and, and borrowing from individuals, you wouldn't believe the stories in my network of other house flippers who were like- I remember you oh, telling me. Yeah, I got somebody who's who's will loan me money at four percent, and they were ecstatic to do it. Why would I borrow your money for ten percent when I could take their, you know, bar, use theirs for four? So you know, I wonder if it was for like amortized, like a car loan. I don't know, but this is also back when. I mean, Rates if you were, think about it, a retiree, if they're like, well, if I can get a solid four percent on my money every year, I can live off that. Yeah. Yeah, it might have been it might have been simple interest only payments. I mean, I right. That's I mean, gosh. But you're right. That's when times you could get you know nothing at a bank, literally. Yeah. I mean, almost almost zero. Yeah. Um, right. So that yeah, I I get it. I get it. So, um, I think we covered a lot of his other ones. You know, paperwork. You want the right paperwork in place. Um. You know, and the return. So he makes a point here. Hey, if I'm going to invest in something, you know, right now the the loan would be costing me five percent to borrow the insurance company's money. The contract says the max they could raise it to would be eight percent. So I guess I need to be looking for a return on my money that's more than that, so that it yes. makes sense, right? Yes, that's absolutely simple math. No question. Yep. So you know, you got to set a limit for how much is your money worth. If it's going to cost you five percent to borrow it. Uh, to borrow the insurance company's money, maybe you want to say, "Hey, at a minimum, I want ten percent, or or eight percent, or twelve percent, or fifteen percent, depending on how much experience you have and how many opportunities are available to you at the time." So, yeah, I think that's the right mindset too. Is I always looked at it from an opportunity cost standpoint, where I knew I had people offering eighteen to twenty percent, let's say, uh, and someone's offering ten. Now, maybe the 10% one has better security terms for me. And that matters to right. me. Right. Yeah, no, risk is huge. Risk is huge. So, um, so would I rather take next to zero risk and earn 10% or take That's a whole right. lot of risk and, and shoot for 20%? Me, personally, right. I'm taking the 10%. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, you can't get greedy, I think. And... um always, always have to have collateral. I mean, always a personal guarantee, collateral, always, always can't, I mean, I'm repeating myself, but you can't, I can't stress that enough. You know, yeah. we've talked about it in the past folks that there are some things that, you know, we have done in the past that we wouldn't have done that we wouldn't do now just because we don't, one, we don't have to, two, we know better because we've been doing it for six years plus. And there's no way looking back, it seems silly. Like, oh my gosh, what was I doing? But, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you live, it, you know, know, you live and learn. You, you live, live and learn. You live and learn, and you you pay for the the mistakes along the way. <laughs> That's right, man. Oh, it still hurts. Yeah, I'm over not, it though. I'll it's not it, fun it, to it's think annoying. about. Yeah, it's uh, it's very annoying. But hey, what are you gonna do? Right. You know, the the first money I lost was in 08. 
I'd saved up $25,000 as a lieutenant. Yeah, I remember. I remember you telling me that. And never And then saw we talked about your being a slow learner. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, seven years later, I made another big mistake. For a super smart guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hey, forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't. Sometimes you got to learn the lesson twice. But yeah. so that, that kind of brings you to another point of you want collateral, you want a way to get paid back. So I'd be really weary about loaning money to somebody I was really close with because I'd hate to take your Barracuda, Paul. It would hurt me and it would probably hurt our friendship if I took your Barracuda from you, but I got to get paid. You got to get paid. So maybe, you know, somebody who's, you know, a close friend of one of your close friends. So there's a little separation there where you wouldn't feel so bad about taking their Barracuda to get your money back. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, um, yeah, there's certainly, I, I haven't lent money to family, um, other than the money that I've lost. Yeah. (laughs) You know, bailing out somebody, but, uh, you know, it was the right thing to do. That's why I did it. So it had a re- it had a return in that sense. Yeah, just not really a return in other senses. But um, what else? Um, I'm trying to think what else we can discuss when it comes to private lending. Uh, there's, you know, people always ask, is there a book I can read about it, or is there any of this? There's there's some books that touch on it, but there's not really a definitive guide. I mean, it's really think like a bank when you buy a house and you look at the mortgage process and you have to send them a hundred documents you know, and all your tax, you know, think like that. Well, why are they doing that? They're trying to make sure that you're a worthy borrower. Mm-hmm. And it used to be just your credit score and your, you know, verification of employment. Now it's an awful experience. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's terrible. But they're Absolutely hedging terrible. their bets. They're protecting their shareholders. Yep. Um, so think of your family as your shareholders. Like, how am I going right. to protect my wife and kids? How am I going right. to protect my immediate family here? from the loss of our capital. And I think that that puts things in a whole different perspective when yes. you think about, hey, I got to report to them um, and make sure they're not going to suffer for any of these decisions. So let's put some collateral in place. Let's uh, you know put everything we can in there to minimize, mitigate, eliminate the risk. Yeah. He has one other question that I'd like to answer. You know, do you kind of lend you know, through a business, I think through a business entity is what he's asking or in your personal name. You know, I've seen it done both ways. Some people will create an entity just through to lend through, but it's still from a tax perspective, Dave, and I'm not a tax professional. This is not tax advice. I don't think it matters. You're just creating another thing you have to do a tax return on. That's true. Although Um, there may be something, don't quote me on this, but I want to say I took a loss. Like I finally decided, hey, I'm pretty sure that capital is not coming back to me. So my CPA, yep. we took a loss. You have on evidence. It. You have evidence that it's not coming back. That's true. That's like true. Four thousand pages of email. Yeah. So I took a loss on my taxes, which helped out quite a bit because it was a pretty mm-hmm. big loss. Yeah. Um, and um, but he he did say, hey, because it's in a an LLC, because I actually loaned that money through an LLC that I I established then I could take the loss. If it was from me personally, I don't know if that would be the case. So don't quote me on that, but maybe there's some some benefits for going through an LLC. So you can take a loss if it comes to that. You you can take a loss personally. Personally? 
Yeah. Okay. It's just like if you owned a stock and you had a loss, and that's what the you know you get your statement for the year and you show a ten thousand dollar loss in your yeah. stock portfolio. That's a loss. That's a personal okay. loss. So yeah. same 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 difference. Okay. Um, I just checked, so I verified that with my. Okay. Good. Now still verify it. I mean, the tax code is. It seems like it's open for interpretation sometimes. Uh, you know, it's only like ten million pages, so good right. luck finding that answer. But uh, yeah. And it could change every year. So <laughs> changes by the minute. <laughs> yep. With the uh, flick of a pin. Um, yeah. So cool. All right. Well, hey, hopefully that helps. I think what it comes down to, go ahead. What's your final thought here? Oh, I was just thinking about like the po the policy loan rate. Uh, certainly we answered that question. Yes, you should obviously deploy your capital to something that's going to pay a higher return than the money you're borrowing. Um, however, if you're making, if you're, it's a cash flow, let's say it's a cash flow opportunity. You're, you know, you're putting that cash flow against the loan every month anyway, as you mm -hmm. should, you're reducing the effective rate of interest you're paying anyway. So it might not be five or eight or six or whatever. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be less than that. If you do that, the volume of interest you pay will be less than say, you know, five percent annualized on the total amount because you're Correct. paying it back and you're paying That's interest right. on a lower amount calculated daily and all that yeah yeah true so that you know so you enhance loan. your return by doing so right by paying it back right yeah so good point um, you just have to be you know where you know willing to wait two weeks before you can take that payment out again sure so yeah and if you if you're paying the insurance company 5% to borrow their money to go put it to work, that's something that's earning you 10%. What's your, what's your ROI? People think they make 5%. Oh, you gotta be, you gotta be careful here. They're really doubling their money. Yeah. When you think about you it, look at it like that. So if I borrowed a yeah. hundred grand at 5%, I, I'm paying $5,000 $5, on that. And if and I made $10,000, then I, I double, I paid five to make 10. Yeah. The cost. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You could, one could look at it like that. Yeah. It's kind of like the bank, right? The bank uses your money, you know, they're paying you zero and they lend it out at three. Their, their split is not the difference. It's quite a bit more. Quite a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't just make 5%. I mean, you make 5%, you could look at it like that, but really when you think of, you, you know, you made $2 for every $1 that you paid. That yeah. you could look at it like that. Now that could be a marketing gimmick. Like, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to, how to make 100% right. totally, ROI on every deal. It's, it's gimmicky. I mean, yeah. it's whatever. I mean, it's, but in the, and, and also your policy kept growing. Uninterrupted. Uninterrupted. And you'd likely got a dividend. So depending yep. on how big your policy is, you got, you made, you, you made some money there, got some, um, so, I mean, anyway, it's a, I see is, I see doing lending any type or financing or anything from a life insurance contract to be the, the, not, not, it's not my opinion, really. It is the best way. Yeah. Other than like we often do, sometimes you maybe you have a cash flowing asset that you, um, that, you know, you leverage the money cash flowing asset. Now it's paying for the thing that you want, let's say, um, but meanwhile, the policy money is still growing. You're making payments back because you never take a loan out of your own bank that you couldn't take from a regular bank, right? So yeah. either way, you want to do something, you're winning.
Yeah. But we're just a fan of private lending because it's private. It's two private entities engaging willfully in commerce. In in yeah. commerce. It's contract law. And there's nothing that can Oldest prohibit that. Law on the books. Yeah. That's right. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, let's wrap this up. So bottom line, what what now? When somebody has a lot of capital, the bottom line is you're the banker. You can do whatever you want. So just figure out what the most That's productive right. use of those dollars are based on your level of knowledge, your interest, your your um, you know your risk profile, if you will. Um, I knew you were going to say that. That's so funny. Like, but I would say what's your risk profile, <laughs> moderately aggressive. What the heck yeah, does that mean? I, I would say your risk profile is going to be pretty close to zero once you start thinking like a banker, because that's about the risk they take. Yeah, and this bears repeating too. I think even if you did nothing but financed the needs of life, which let's say it doesn't include investments, you're still you're still recapturing and controlling the bank, you know, interest in, re, in controlling the banking function, which right. has tremendous value. And in in the book, you know, thirty four and a half cents maybe out of every dollar that you've lost to other someone someone else's bank for for, for your lifetime. So yep. Um, so again. Be wary of the eager investor syndrome. Eager investor you. syndrome. Let's trademark that. There's there's yeah, always yeah. one thing I've learned, Dave. There's yep. There's always a better opportunity a week away, a month away. There always is. Been doing yeah. this for six years plus. There's always something better to do that maybe you're gonna miss out on. Not saying you can't, you know, just wait for that, but you never know. Yep. There you go. Got to take action. However, we just learned, I mean, last couple months ago, wow, there's a way better deal. <laughs> yeah. And if you have capital, you know, you'll, you'll know it's a good deal when it comes along and you'll say, yep, I want to be a part of that. That's right. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that's good. That'll do it for, for this week. Um, I guess uh, you guys send your questions in. Uh, you know, we got the idea for this whole episode just from one client's email. So, hey, send us emails, uh, David and Paul. Thanks, Chris. Yep, at the ibcguys.com. And uh, we'll be happy to, you know, if it's something that we can use for the show, we'll, we'll expand on it and answer those questions. So keep them coming in. And send us a five-star review if you can. If you haven't, we appreciate it. Yep. So, all right. Until or next one time. one star, even. What's that? Or one star. Or even a one-star review. If you're a hater, yeah, that, that sole one-star review. Maybe he needs a little brother. He's lonely. Oh, well. All right. Well, hey, until next time, control your capital. Or somebody else will. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.